Hello everybody and welcome back to Bags and Backpacks. I'm your host, Brandon Nish, joined with me, John Warnes. John, how are you doing today? Great, Brandon. Great day. Good. Good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about travel tips, tricks, dealing with jet lag, how to travel, using travel benefits to make a more economic trip for yourself, and what to do when your plans fall through and you are abroad. First, how, how are you? How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I think I'm ready for a trip. I'm ready too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, tongue-tied this morning, so <laughs> that's all right. Well, let's kind of figure out a tip and a trick to get the best trip we can. Oh my gosh. You said it, man. <laughs> what are some tips and tricks when it comes to, uh, to travel? You know, maybe start, let's start with some gear tips and tricks. So with gear... I think, and I, you'll probably agree with me, that it's always good to be mindful of how much you're taking. Everybody would like to haul those three big suitcases with them, but you got to remember, you also have three big suitcases to lug around all over the world as you're exploring. Oh yeah, yep. We came, my wife and I, when we were backpacking, said, if you say just in case, you probably don't need it. Or you can find it at a store while you're out there. You know, Walmart is everywhere. <laughs> so true. How many times have you gone on a trip packed all of your stuff, half the stuff you never even used. Too many times. <laughs> then I get I get this, I get stuck with hauling all the bags myself because they get heavy. <laughs> if you say just in case, really think about if you actually need it. And uh, overpacking is too easy. Think of diversity without a lot of complexity. I like the athletic shirts because they dry really fast if I get anything on them and then maybe it's an overshirt. Right there I've got three different outfits. I've got the normal sh the normal dry wick shirt, the button-up shirt, and then put them together. That's three outfits and really saves me a lot of space. John, tell, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you can do that, if you can minimize, maximize your space, you're going to be able to be better off in the long run in lots of different cases. You know, airlines are charging a lot for bag fees right now. Your first bag's one price, and then for the second bag, it goes up even more. A lot of the airlines are actually even charging for carry-ons. So if you're thinking of just putting everything in a carry-on, plus taking a suitcase, you might get double charged, one for each of those items. Just for clarifications, you generally get a personal item, which is usually a small backpack or a purse. That's generally included with your flight, but your carry-ons is like another, an extra suitcase on top of that. Yes, and we try and cram everything we possibly can <laughs> into that personal item and shove it under the seat in front of us. <laughs> yep, get, yeah, get someone to sit on it while you zip it up. And <laughs> so true. Yep. Another travel tip, uh, an empty water bottle. Um, once you get through security or customs, whatever it is, you can fill up your water bottle at their drinking fountains and have water on your flight anywhere. After you're past those checkpoints, you're clear to have a drink, which is great because water bottles at the airport are expensive and it's really just important to stay hydrated. Hydration is key because you can really get pretty ill if you don't uh, keep yourself hydrated and you're going to arrive into your destination feeling a whole lot better if you've kept hydrated and it's going to help you with that jet lag and it's going to be able to get you off and going right away. Definitely. Super important. Uh, before we move on to more travel tips, let's, what have I missed with our, with our gear? Right, so be mindful of what you're packing. And once again, like you said, if, if you don't think you're gonna need it or if it's kind of an option, you might wanna probably think about leaving that home. One thing that I found a lot is uh, 
if you're going to a destination, you're spending a lot of time there, and you really don't want to have a lot of luggage with you, just keep in mind that there's options wherever you're at. You can find a laundromat. You can do some laundry mid midway through your trip. That's going to help that luggage go a lot further, and it's going to save you in the long run so you're not hauling suitcases all over the place. Definitely. And you know, you'll even find that experience with a lot of people that are going on cruise ships. They don't want to take a lot of luggage with them. And some of the cruise lines, they actually have self-service laundry on board the ship itself. So you can do a little laundry while you're on your cruise. You can also stuff a bag and usually they have laundry service that will take care of it. And it's, it's a pretty reasonable price. And that way you can pack a little bit less and bring home more fun souvenirs. Once you go on enough cruises and you kind of got your sea legs, they include that. It is a free perk. That is, and it's a great perk too because you're packing less and you're getting that service. I have some clients that will actually come home with an entire suitcase full of clean clothes because they'll send it all off to the laundry. They can hang it all up when they get home and they don't have to do that dreaded post-trip laundry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, are you a, a folder or a roller when it comes to packing? I'm a roller. Oh. Yeah, what about you? Well, I used to be a roller and I got really good at it, but... I can actually fit more clothes if I fold them a certain way. Just the sleeves in and then in half and they fit. I've seen that. I might have to try that on the next trip. Get yeah. some points from you. Oh my gosh. It is a lifesaver. So however you pack, you know, make it work for you. <laughs> it always makes me laugh when I see people and they just throw everything and stuff it in there. They don't even fold it. You're not maximizing your space at all, but it's pretty funny. That's a pretty luxurious, um, a bold move, I would say. <laughs> right. <laughs> How many pairs of shoes do you pack? I know you're a runner. Um, tell me about your yeah. shoes. So, so I do I do like to run. I love to get into different places and explore by doing that. So I'll always take a good pair of running shoes and I'll I'll use those for two purpose because when I'm out walking and exploring the city, those are my comfortable shoes that I'm running in, and those are also gonna be great comfortable shoes when I'm in exploring the cities. So I'll usually use that as a dual purpose. And then depending where I'm at, if I need something a little bit dressier, if we're going out for dinner or so, I might take an extra pair and then always the Flip-flops or slides, you always want to have that as well. <laughs> don't go into the hostel shower without some flip-flops on. Very, <laughs> you very You true. do not know. <laughs> very true. I packed boots for a long time, and that was just a pain in the butt. They were they had a composite tip. Um, you know, they were very sturdy boots. I still have them, but, oh, it was just the worst because I couldn't fit them in my bag, so I'd have to pack them in. I'd, I'd wear them to the airport, which they have a ton of laces, so I'd have to take a big boot off, put it in a tray, among other things, you know, all this and all that. And uh, I think boots have their place, but a more comfortable, like, running shoe, maybe a bit of a trail sandal would probably pack a lot easier and... I mean, as long as you're not hiking up to Everest, like you're going to be all right without a sturdy pair of that boots. That requires a whole different gear, that's yeah. for sure. And I think that's something to, to think about also is the shoes that you're wearing on your plane or on your during your travel. Okay. That's an extra pair of shoes that you have. And sometimes, you know, you think, oh, I have to have this many shoes. And you put all those in your suitcase, but you don't realize, hey, I got a pair on that I'm going to be able to use. So maybe you can take a pair out of your bag and have a little bit uh, more space for other other things. Definitely. I bought the same pair of shoes twice because I liked it so much. I might go back and get another one because these are going to get a little worn out. But they're Clarks and they, they just slide on, which is perfect. They're great walking shoes. They're comfortable around the house. They're just classy enough to work for like a more formal event. Um, but, you know, they're sturdy. And at the airport, they just slide off and on. No laces, no Velcro, nothing. And it's like, this is perfect. <laughs> it's so very convenient. convenient. Absolutely. So we've talked about shoes um, for jackets. One jacket I've got is, it's got a fleece inside and then like a more harder 
waterproof outer shell. So it's really three jackets in one. You can double them up or just wear one or the other. That works nice. really well for me. How about for you? Yeah, I like that too. I like them with a zip-out liner so you can have it a little more lightweight when you don't need quite as much. Maybe just a little rain or a little wind protection. And then something, if, if you get a little cold spell or you're going somewhere where it's a little bit cooler, to have that fleece option. And I always like a hood on mine as well because, you know, you might not have a hat at the time and, and that kind of helps uh, so you don't have to pack an umbrella with you either. So, and then on top of that, you know, we've talked about layering already or considering your outfit. So you've got a shirt, an over shirt fleece sweater and an outer protective layer like that's four layers right there that's gonna be pretty warm and you can always double up on the t-shirts or the overshirts maybe a flannel like yeah there's there's ways to stay warm so just incorporate it into what you already pack anyway or you may be going somewhere really really hot and humid and warm and you may not even need any of that yeah (laughs) we talked about this last episode but look at the season you're going into if you're if you're jumping hemispheres or you're in between like a summer or winter, it might be a little rainy. Um, look at where you're going and the typical uh, weather patterns for that time of year. Absolutely, yeah. Get that Get that information is really going to help you in planning what you're going to take. Tell me a little bit about baggage restrictions, you know. Yeah, so depending on the type of fare that you purchase or the class of service that you're flying in, there's going to be lots of different uh, restrictions on baggage. A lot of the low-cost carriers now, as I kind of mentioned before, they're actually charging for your check bags, and some of them are actually charging for your personal items as well. I'm sorry, not personal items, but for your carry-on items. If you're going to bring that carry-on bag on the plane and try and put it in the overhead bin, some of the airlines are going to charge a fee. Otherwise, you're going to have to leave that uh, behind, and nobody wants to have that. So make sure when you're purchasing your tickets, you're knowing what type of fare that you're purchasing and what the restrictions are for baggage. Uh, it's always good to to make sure you look at that because sometimes it's not always as as easy to see that. You might be buying something called basic economy, and that may just be it. Basic economy, you get a seat, but you don't really get anything else. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've been there before. Um, they also have scales you can buy at Walmart, whatever. You can, their baggage weights, right? And you can kind of check your weight before you go. When one of our bags, we get to the airport and it's a little bit overweight and you're opening it up there in front of everybody at the airport and you got to start moving stuff into other bags, having a little scale with you is a lifesaver. Uh, it really helps because there are uh, restrictions, of course, on weight. Most bags uh, cannot be over 50 pounds and you think, oh, 50 pounds, you know, that's quite a bit. But when you actually start putting all your toiletries and your clothes and your shoes and everything in there, it's going to add up really, really fast. And a bag that may not be that big might be really heavy. They can be dense. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, we always think $12 scale versus a $50 overweight charge. Totally worth it. Worth it. Yep. Totally worth it. And then I always tell people to remember that you may be coming home with more than you're leaving uh, with. So, uh, you know, kind of plan that. There may be some special souvenirs or different items that you pick up along the way that you want to bring home. So, you know, it might be a little better to go a little bit underweight over because you might be overweight on the way back. One thing that we've always done is found a collapsible, a nice collapsible bag, and we'll actually pack it in our main suitcase, like usually in the front zipper pouch. And that way, if you do happen to go on a spending spree and you find some stuff that you want to come home with that you just could not do without, you have that second bag. Might cost you another bag fee with the airlines, but you get to have all of those treasured things that you've picked up along the way and and not have to stress over that as well. We did the same thing. We got these little satchels in uh, Mexico and we would just roll them up and 
clip them with a carabiner just to our belt loop so they weren't actually a bag. But if we needed them after, <laughs> we would just unclip it, unroll it, put our water bottle in there. You can bring your own snacks and get those through customs just fine. I wouldn't recommend, you know, a ham sandwich or something that might be in there too long and spoil, but uh, like peanuts or trail mix is great, granola. Really good. Try and get some healthier snacks, not just chips, or else you'll feel really bad <laughs> when you land. And uh, yeah, like we like we mentioned earlier, stay hydrated too. And, That's uh, a great tip. That's a great tip. Really One more thing too I wanted to mention about baggage is the uh, liquids rule. Um, so we're, we're kind of used to that now. You know, you, you can only have X amount of, of liquid items uh, under a certain size in your bags. Uh, and for the U.S. And, and for a lot of the international destinations, it's pretty easy to do that. You can just leave those in your bag. Uh, you don't have to be too uh, picky about it. I have heard lately that if you're traveling out of some of the airports in Great Britain or the British Isles, they're being sticklers on that. So they want to actually see that clear bag that has all of your items in. Um, so you might want to do a little bit of research and see, you know, do I need to get a Ziploc? Do I need to get some type of bag to put all of my smaller liquid items that I'm taking on a carry-on and have that all in a bag? Because it can really um, cause a lot of delay as you're going through security at these airports. So kind of, you know, look around a little bit and see what each airport and which destination is requiring it. Some are a little strict, more strict than others. Packing for accessibility for what they're asking for at the airport is really a good time saver. Um, I put my laptop, iPad, sometimes I bring the switch. Uh, I put all that stuff right on top, right where I can get to it without even unzipping the bag fully. I can just reach in and grab it all out. I put my liquids right next to it. So I just, I know what's already going in these trays, just and everything else in the bag is good to go. Um, some people pack their laptops or whatever on the very bottom. And it's just the worst. You know, they got to pull out all their clothes, all their neat folding we just talked about, undone. All undone. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it causes a lot less stress and just makes for a much more pleasant experience at the airport. Yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. But, yeah, be, be mindful of the bags you're bringing or which bags are allowed by the air, airline that you're going with. And, uh, you know, those scales, great. Perfect. Any other thoughts on that before you... Well, also be mindful of what credit cards you have, because sometimes you can have uh, credit cards with branded airlines that will allow you to have free bags. And, you know, what's better? Have free bags and, and pack what you need. Um, that That's also something you consider is, is kind of be mindful of what airline you're flying on. If you happen to have a credit card that's branded to that airline, oftentimes you'll have some free perks. And some of that is free check bags. I did not know that. That doesn't only apply for you. That can go up to eight or more people that are traveling with you. So if you're all in the same reservation and you're in there, that's a tip too. So another tip when it comes to airline branded credit cards, in the past, you used to have to pay for the ticket on that particular credit card. That's no longer the case with some of the airlines. As long as your frequent flyer is linked to that credit card account and you put that frequent flyer number into your reservation, you'll still get that benefit of free bags and you don't necessarily have to buy every person's ticket. And then the people that are traveling with you can get that as well as long as you're booked in the same reservation as they are. That's great. Cost-saving advice. <laughs> that will literally, a family vacation, that will save you hundreds of dollars. You spend it on a lot of fun stuff. Eesh, yeah. <laughs> Great. So really, there's a few key things that you can do that can really save you a lot of money and just make travel so much easier. 
Um, signing up for loyalty programs, whether it's the hotels you're staying at, the flights, the airlines that you're flying with, the cruise lines that you're sailing with. If you sign up for those loyalty programs, sometimes you'll start getting benefits even before you've ever stayed a night or flown a flight. Uh, and those benefits can be really nice. You know, we've talked a little bit about um, free bags. A lot of times the hotels would give you free Wi-Fi, which can really help, um, or dif different perks like that. Credit card companies are also offering a lot of benefits for travel. So if you're going to pay for your trip already, um, you know, maybe look at getting a credit card company that's linked in with the airline that you're flying on. It can save you bag fees, which is great. And you can start earning points uh, for every purchase, not only just on that airline, but if you're going to the grocery store and you're paying for that already, you can start earning points with that money that you're already spending and it can go right towards your trip, which can save you a whole lot of money. Some of the credit card companies will also offer you a, a bonus every year of a buy one, get one free ticket or a you know reduced rate for a second ticket. That could be great, uh, great benefit and great savings as well. Definitely. And I think, you know, keeping an eye on like, your finances and stuff like this is really important too. For us, we just set in a reminder on our phone every couple weeks, pay off the credit card, right? right. So we're, we're still shopping with our debit card in mind, but we're getting those benefits from um, the credit card companies just... Yeah, Flat. you're basically using your credit card like a debit card. There may be an annual fee, which, you know, can can be a little bit of money. But look at that with the benefits that you're getting for the perks. If you travel a lot and you're getting those free bags and you're saving $30, $40 per person every time you're checking those bags each way. Now, round trip, that's double that. And you're paying a $90 yearly fee. You're really going to make that money up in the long run if you just take that credit card out and pay it off every month and just use those points. Use them. Oh yeah, definitely. We, we signed up for AARP, you know, we're, we're, we're in our twenties, but, uh, um, there's a lot of good benefits there too. And we always think, uh, especially for travel and hotels, there's some benefits too. And it's like $13 a year, but we just say how many trips would it take or how many purchases would it take to make up that cost in our savings? $13, that's two purchases. You know, like if you, if you use the card twice in a year, it's paid for itself. Um, same thing with these credit card annual fees and, and things like that. If you are leveraging them correctly, the money you are saving should just offset the cost for that. True. Um, we did get one credit card while we were out or before we left and it was zero international fees, which was a game changer. It was just wonderful because we could run everything through that credit card and then pay it off with our debit card and no stress. Like <laughs> Those foreign transaction fees can add up very quickly. Yeah, so getting a card with that. And you'll find that a lot of credit cards offer that, and a lot of people just kind of glaze over that part. But if you're traveling international and you start to get those fees on your card, you'll know right away what that means and what a benefit that is. You'll find your favorite cards real quick. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I remember we in Chile, it was, it was astronomical what they were charging to just pull money out of an ATM. It was like... 8%? I was like, geez. Um, just going right to the bank. We didn't even see the money, so we got it out in bulk. One one good pull, and that was all it took. But. Yeah. And, you know, another tip, and, and this is for people that like to dive into things a little bit deeper and, and kind of really get some good, good, good deals. Uh, sometimes your credit card companies will give you the option of transferring miles to lots of different airline frequent flyer programs. So you can take the points that you've earned and transfer those over to different programs. And a lot of times when you see the list of airlines that you can transfer over to, you may not be necessarily thinking that's an 
airline that's going to help me get to Hawaii when I'm transferring it over to Air Canada and I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> but one thing you need to look at and remember is most of these airlines have partners and these partners are all linked together. So if you're transferring it over to uh, Air Canada, your points, you can actually fly on United Airlines flights and will take you from Salt Lake City, which is a great benefit. And sometimes these airlines have less point requirements for their tickets than going through the airline directly. So using the partners can really save you a lot of money. It takes a little bit of investigating and you got to kind of figure out who's with who and, and what routes work the best, but you could really save some money that way. Awesome. I, I thought there was a partnership um, program and I'm so glad you touched on that. And uh, honestly, work with your travel agent. They know... <laughs> we'll give you the scoop. Certainly. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, That's such a good tip. My gosh. <laughs> what were we doing? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we know now. <laughs> I'm just saying that a lot. Yeah. I think. <laughs> right. We learn as we go. We but know now. <laughs> we can give you some pointers that can help you know a little bit more before you go. The whole point of this podcast is help <laughs> you guys learn from my mistakes and John's, ex <laughs> John's expertise. <laughs> Great. Uh, any other, I mean, cruise, cruise credit cards, those exist? They do. Yeah, absolutely. So you can start earning points with everyday purchases to put towards your favorite cruise line. And then you'll start earning points for that cruise line where you can get discount on onboard purchases and actually even free cruises if you get enough points. So yeah, look into all of those options. Hotel companies, Marriott Bonvoy is a great program as well. Marriott has so many properties all over the world that you can really use those points to your benefit if you're just making everyday charges and you put it on those cards. Um, other hotels, Hilton also has a great program. So yeah, just look out. I always say, you know, look for what's going to fit your travel lifestyle the best. If, if you travel and, and you stay in a lot of Best Westerns, Look at the Best Western card. If you stay at Marriott Properties, look at that card. Just kind of see how you travel. You know how you travel and, and just make that decision that will maximize your, your benefit. Definitely. I think one, one travel tip that came to mind as well is um, we stayed at Marriott a lot when I was younger. My grandparents had a timeshare with them and so we were able to uh, use that. Um, most of those have kitchens and I think that when you pick at an, a hotel that maybe has more, it's more expensive but it has the amenities that you need, you can save money by, you know, cooking at your at your suite and not going out to eat every single night. Um, alternatively, you know, we, we stayed at one place, they had a microwave, and it was like, all right, well, I guess we'll get 12 bean and cheese burritos, and <laughs> we'll just have <laughs> bean and cheese burritos every night, you know. But uh, look at, looking at the appliances, the setups they have there um, can really save you the money if you're going to go, if you're going to go eat out every night. What's the difference between that? and just cooking at home, but maybe for a little bit more expensive of a place to stay. Yeah, huge benefit. And especially when we traveled with our kids when they were young, uh, we found that breakfast was a great meal to have just in your room if you've got a, a small suite or a small kitchen at. Um, just having some cereals or just some stuff that the kids really like because a lot of times you'll go to a big expensive breakfast and the kids won't eat a thing. And that's just, uh, you know, you can put that money towards something else. And nobody wants to cook every night on your trip. So you'll want to go out and explore some fun restaurants and fun places to eat. But you have that value of being able to maybe grab some lunch sandwiches or something around the pool if you're you're just being there you know just having snacks in your fridge that you can go grab and take down to the pool that's a great idea oh yeah on that same note too if you really want to try out one of these fancier restaurants that might be a little pricier go for lunch instead of for dinner 
their lunch menus are going to be much cheaper. They're going to have lunch specials, and you'll get that same high quality food, but you know, just such a, a little earlier, idea. right? <laughs> such, such a smart idea. And a lot of these hotels too, especially the ones that have the the suites, they'll have complimentary breakfast. That's great. I always try and look for those hotels because you know, a nice hot breakfast to start out your day. That's a great. That's a great thing and a great cost savings. And then you can go out and splurge on lunch. Um, some of the hotels will actually have some evening heavy hors d'oeuvres or different things like that. So, you know, when you're traveling with families and they come home and they're kind of hungry, that's a great benefit to have also. So look at those extended stay type suites and, and different properties. They're, they're a benefit. They really are. Definitely. And I'd say, yeah, ask the concierge, ask your host, ask whoever you're staying with or who has been there before, like recommendations on places to go. So true. Save a lot of guesswork. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you have good stories to share with each other when you, when you get home in the night. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> this has been very good. Tell me about travel insurance, a little bit about travel insurance and what that kind of covers, how much people should expect to pay for that, you know. Right. Right. So travel insurance has been around for a long time, probably more in the forefront now, just, just kind of with the way the situation is around the world. You know, we've, we've had pandemics that have closed down travel and have caused people to have their travel disrupted. Having travel insurance really makes things a lot easier and really takes a lot of the headache away from just some things that you might not even be thinking about. Most travel insurance policies are based on a percentage of your trip. So they take the cost of your trip and usually it's a five to 8% of the total cost of your trip is what you might be paying for travel insurance. That can change by different company. It can also change by your age. So a lot of times it's also rated about how young you are or how old you are. There's a lot of factors that will get you the cost of your travel insurance. Um, so you'll want to you know, investigate that a little bit and, and see the different benefits. There are different programs. There's basic travel insurance and there's some premium travel insurance that will just include higher amounts of reimbursement for different things. Um, you'll get reimbursed for travel delay. You'll get reimbursed for lost luggage, damaged luggage. Um, they'll pay for a hotel room if you get stuck somewhere on an overnight uh, layover because your flights were canceled. Um, so there's just lots of different things that are included that are above and beyond your medical and your cancellation uh, insurance. Medical, that's another thing right now to be very mindful of. Just make sure that your policy covers all different things. With the recent COVID outbreaks that we've had, some insurance companies did not cover that. Most of them now will cover that. So you'll want to just kind of double check and make sure that any risks or factors that might be uh, an influence on your trip is covered by your insurance. Emergency evacuation, that's another big thing right now too. If you become sick and you're out of the country in, in some remote place and you need to get evacuated back to a hospital or even back to the States, most of the travel insurance policies will give you a very, very high amount towards that. So that can really save you a lot of money and give you that peace of mind um, above and beyond just canceling your trip because you have a cold. <laughs> Wonderful to know. When we were out, at, uh, we did get travel insurance, but we found just the cheapest one we could and it was awful it was so bad and it really actually limited us on some of the things we did because we we're like well if we if we sprain an ankle or we do this we do that like we're going to be down and out and it didn't really cover it for where we we're at and it was just kind of like a, a burden almost to have it and it doesn't sound like it's actually a burden <laughs> right. right it definitely is a boon um peace of mind 
go go climb that waterfall, right? Like you're gonna be okay, but just in case, like you've got the travel insurance, you will be safe. Like right. if you don't, you know, don't do dumb things, obviously. Like don't don't put yourself in risk's way. But if something happens, you're covered. True. And and another tip that I give my clients a lot is the travel insurance doesn't necessarily just cover you on the trip. It also covers for family members and close relatives back home. So if somebody becomes ill or something happens to somebody back home that's not even traveling with you and you need to cut your trip short or you need to cancel your trip altogether, it's usually covered by your travel insurance policy. Another tip is to also, going back to credit cards, check your credit card that you're paying for your trip on. A lot of the credit card companies now are starting to offer travel insurance right with your trip. So if you put your trip on that card, it's covered. You'll want to look into the policy and kind of see how much is covered and if it covers for trip cancellation or if it's just a medical benefit. But that's another great trip too, a tip actually, sorry, is to, you know, maximize your benefits with the cards that you might already have or, or how you're paying for your trip. Spectacular. My gosh. Yeah, that, that would have been nice. <laughs> And I can give you one more tip that will probably blow your mind on travel insurance. There is a website. It's called insuremytrip.com. If you go to that website, put your trip details in there, it's going to comparison shop for you from just dozens of different travel uh, insurance companies. And it will give you what the benefits are and how much the premium will be. So then you can choose to book the travel insurance right through them, book it through your travel agent, or go right to that company's website. So that's another great trip to, uh, tip too, is you can shop around for the best insurance. That's great. Oh, man. What was that website again? Insuremytrip.com. I will be bookmarking that. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> okay, great. Um, you know, we also talked a little bit about evacuation, stuff like that. Um, just traveling safely. Um, for us, we went to Colombia, we went to Argentina, you know, some, some places that maybe don't have the best uh, reputation if you stay out past a certain amount of time. And uh, for us, it was just a lot of staying alert, like look over your shoulder every now and again. Don't be flaunting cameras or your phone too much, stuff like that, especially when the sun goes down a little bit and, uh, you know, things like that. But there's also a lot of... Um, resources through websites and apps and we'll get into more apps a little bit later but um, one I just wanted to highlight here real quick um, the smart traveler app is put out by the United States government and it gives you breakdowns of every single country what the risk level is for traveling to those countries and what to be aware of you know it breaks down even illnesses political unrest all these things so you can kind of go into your travels knowing the state of things and knowing what level of aware you you might want to take on. Uh, John, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so so you kind of touched on that. Just being aware of your surroundings. You know, we do go to a lot of these countries that uh, might be a little bit unfamiliar to us. We may not know the areas that we're going to or that we're staying in. Um, but just just be smart and very mindful of where you're at. Uh, kind of get a feel for, for the area. And, and your gut will usually give you pretty good promptings. Um, also, like you said, you know, try and blend in a little bit. Um, flashing a lot of expensive things in some countries can cause some issues down the road. So just being mindful of that, it's great as well. Um, having an app like that is great. Um, having a, an app to the U.S. Uh, Department of, of Travel, uh, in case you happen to run into any trouble, 
usually most countries have an embassy or somebody that you can reach out to for the if you're a United States citizen that can help you out. Um, you know, you're, you're not alone. There are resources available. Hopefully you'll never have to use it, but those resources are there for you. And then, you know, just kind of checking with the lo check in with the locals, kind of see the area that you're at. And, you know, if you walk into a coffee shop or somewhere and you're striking up a conversation, they'll probably kind of give you a little bit of an idea of the lay of the land. Certainly. <laughs> yeah, we were able to communicate with other backpackers uh, just online and uh, in different Facebook groups. And we said, okay, like, what, where would you guys recommend going? Where would you recommend avoiding? And stuff like that was really good. I'd also say Google Maps is great. You can download an offline map before you go. So you have directions, even if you don't have Wi-Fi or a connection. And, you know, that that's just nice to know where you're at, how to get home. You know, mark <laughs> mark where your house is, mark the places you want to go, then download that map, and you're, you're kind of going to be all right. You're going to be able to get home. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. You know, and with a lot of my clients that do uh, escorted trips or something that's a little prepackaged, the companies will always give a itinerary that they can leave at home with family or friends so that somebody knows where they're at, how to get a hold of them. Uh, you know, if something does even happen at home and, and somebody needs to get a hold of you while you're on the trip. And I think staying in contact with somebody back home is a really good idea just so that you check in with them every once in a while. They kind of know your plans, where you're planning on going, uh, kind of what your itinerary is so that, you know, you can be a little bit still in touch with people and they can kind of keep a little bit of an eye on you as well. Sure, sure, definitely. On that same note, you can also, you know, live stream on, on social media and stuff, but just be wary of where you are and who's seeing that because sometimes that can put a target on your back on where you are and what you have with you. And yeah, I don't know if Joe Schmo in random place you're visiting knows, you know, your Instagram handle or anything, but just something to be aware of, those, those settings on who's seeing what you're doing. Very true. Um, great. Yeah, um, and all this, super important, keep your passport safe. Keep it, what would you recommend, on your person, at home? Yeah, probably one of the most important travel document that you will have with you. So just be very, very mindful. A lot of people will use the little pouches mm -hmm. that go underneath your clothes that keeps it somewhere right and close to you that you can feel it, you know where it's at, um, you know. There are safes in a lot of hotels. You can leave it there. Um, it's your personal level of, of, of comfort, how you feel about leaving that behind. But a lot of my clients like to keep that on them uh, just in case there's ever a, a situation where they need to show that, especially when they're in a foreign country and, and you know may need to show proof of their citizenship or different things like that. But always just be very mindful. Some hotels will actually even hold your passports for you. And that's not unusual. It's not uncommon. Um, a lot of times... Uh, people get a little nervous when they have to give over their passports to hotels or cruise ships but that that is normal that's that's part of their procedure in uh, um, you know keeping track of things and, and making sure that everything's okay for immigration that that sounds like a peace of mind thing to me right honestly um we carried around our passports everywhere we went and it was uh, my wife had one of those little pouches and she just wore it yeah under her shirt never had any problems we never got pickpocketed or anything like that but it was nice to just know where it was we keep a very close eye on it so true great um we mentioned you know letting people know your itinerary that's great also share the experience with them a little bit right like send some pictures back home and let them know like oh it's, yeah they're probably excited to see what you're doing so, absolutely <laughs> yeah when you are taking buses or trains or anything like that, um, look at all the stops on on the trip for that bus. We missed a bus going from the UK to Amsterdam. We were going to meet my brother there. And uh, 
we we heard bus departing for Brussels, and we said, okay, that's not our bus. Found out that Brussels was the first stop, then to Amsterdam, and we were about four hours behind schedule at that point. We we had a really great. It's a good story. Like let me tell you, it's a good story, but God, it was stressful in the moment because we thought we were cooked. Like we had to buy another ticket, so there was some money right there. We had to wait. We had to figure out a new plan, and really, it was just by the generosity and really kind heart of this bus driver that we were able to make it to our place on time and uh yeah so just just make sure you know that sometimes you got to go through brussels to get to amsterdam or whatever it is you know so true yeah. that's right <laughs> so probably the same with rail i'm sure right watch watch where your train final destination is that may be the train they call and that's the train you're supposed to be on if you're getting off somewhere halfway along the way definitely <laughs> yeah let's let's all get on the right uh <laughs> form of transportation <laughs> True. great uh speaking of that you know um john you've had a lot of experience with dealing with jet lag and uh you know what what's your process for that <laughs> it's a trick it really is because uh changing time zones and trying to get your body to climatize to it is, is it's a difficult thing sometimes um one thing i always like to do is of course stay hydrated stay well you know alert on your plane if it's going to be a a, a night flight get some sleep, try and sleep as much as you can. If you're getting into a city and it's early morning, say you arrive into London or Paris or something and it's seven or eight in the morning, personally, I like to hit the ground running. Just do as much as I possibly can, push through that desire to just want to curl up, close the drapes and go to sleep. <laughs> try and do as much as you can and get right on that schedule as quickly as possible. The faster you get onto their time zone schedule, the better off it will be for you. Great. Yeah. I remember there was one time we were just beat and we couldn't, we couldn't anymore. We went to a, a movie theater, and <laughs> paid for the movie, but just slept, slept through the whole thing. <laughs> True. And that is, that's a strong desire to want to go to sleep because your body's telling you it's time to shut down. Um, I also personally, I like to stay away from, from a lot of stimulants, you know, caffeine, different stuff like that to keep me up. I like to try and get my body to regulate it on its own and, you know, give it a day or two and, and, and you'll, you'll start to feel a little more to the time zone that you're in. Um, I always recommend also if you're going to be heading on a big tour or a cruise or something like that, and you have to fly to an international destination that's far away, maybe allow yourself a couple of extra days or day, you know, at least, uh, before the trip. So you can start getting your body to climatize to that time so that you're not on the trip when you're trying to sightsee and see all of those things and you're so groggy and you're so tired. So trying to get that uh, adjusted a little ahead of time before you start seeing all the wonderful things is also a great tip. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, healthy snacks, like try and get not just chips, not just uh, beer nuts. <laughs> we made that mistake and it was awful. You want to eat as much sugar as you possibly can to get you going and that's that's not going to do you well. You're going to get a big headache from that. Very bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We know now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, some people have recommended sleeping before you go. Well, uh, before that, um, we found inflatable travel pillows that were just great because they, they don't take up much space. Just collapse them. You can fill them up with one really big breath. <laughs> and uh, that was awesome for sleeping on the trains and the buses and the planes and stuff. Because then, like you said, if you have a night flight, it's really nice to get that sleep when you can. And Yeah. 
Yeah, and that saves from the sore neck syndrome that oh you'll be gosh. really stiff the next yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, save, save your neck for looking around at, the, at all the nice right. things. <laughs> so, yeah, that kind of stuff really comes in handy too. Um, yeah, if you can, if it's in your schedule, for us it's worked pretty well. If you can live kind of the sleep schedule you're going to before you get there, like maybe just a day before you go to bed at the time you'll be going to bed tomorrow, you know, doing one one day in advance or whatever, but I think you're right. Just getting there a day early is really nice. It <laughs> doesn't help for us late night packers. They're oh packing gosh, everything at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, great. Any other uh, jet lag? Well, yeah, hydration. Let me just double stress that. Gatorade, wonderful. Water, excellent. <laughs> like All these things, uh, really, really important because your body knows what to do is getting yeah. to that point. Personal tip, stay away from the carbonated drinks when you're flying. Nothing makes you more miserable than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I will say also, we were trying, anytime they offer to, they bring around a drink, um, we don't personally drink a lot of tea, but on our flight to the UK, they brought around tea and I, we were like, oh, no, no, we should have just asked for water at that yeah. point because we ended up skipping out on about four extra drinks, which would have really helped the next day when we were super dehydrated and really tired. Um, just, you can ask for, anytime there's an attendant, ask for some water. <laughs> Very good tip. Yeah. Um, great. Let's see. Um, we wanted to just talk really quick about backup plans. If something falls through on your trip, it happens. And uh, some people are caught unawares. Uh, John, you mentioned earlier to me, they panic. Don't panic. It's okay. Um, what What are your backup plans as a travel agent if one of your clients, uh, something falls through? Yeah. So, you know, the saying goes, the best laid plans can basically fall apart, unfortunately. And you just need to kind of be prepared for that. Of course, we hope that that doesn't happen. But uh, just having kind of a plan in mind is really going to save you in the long run. Um if, if flights get canceled or hotel rooms aren't available or, you know, your Airbnb or your, your, um, your vacation rental isn't there or, you know, nobody knows anything about it. Panicking is the worst thing you can possibly do. So if you can try and stay calm, keep a, a pretty clear mind on it and just try to think through, okay, what's my next plan? What do I have planned? I've got an app. I know I've got some hotel options I can look up. I can get this done. Um, you had mentioned about going to a, a Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, just <laughs> getting a drink and something to eat and sitting down somewhere if it's hot where there's maybe air conditioning or if it's cold outside where there's heat can really help clear your mind and get you on track to getting this problem fixed. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that, that was our go-to place. We had a couple Airbnbs fall through. We just got ghosted by the person we booked from, and we said, all right, well, uh, no need to really stress. We need to, what's our next most immediate need? And we'd say, well, we need, we want to rest. We need to find a place, but that's later. Uh, we're, we're a little hungry, and we just need to, you know, get a clear head, right? So we'd go to a Starbucks. We'd go to a mall. Libraries are also awesome. Um, public buildings, great, you know, symphony hall, whatever, movie theater, <laughs> um, anywhere that has pretty much a lobby, you can just sit for a second. Uh, don't loiter. Please be nice to the staff. You know, let them know kind of what's going on, that you're just trying to work through some things real quick. Um, but if you can get that connection, uh, you're going to be a good, a good place. Yeah, don't panic, though. That's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, and I, I sometimes think the last thing you want to do is if something falls apart and you need accommodations for that night and you... These are the words that you're going to utter. I don't care what it is. Just 
get me a room. Well, that room can cost you an awful lot of money at the last minute. So you may want to think that through a little bit and broaden your horizon and your search area. You may be able to take a little transit or something, get to a different area that might have a little better rates, and you'll really save yourself a lot of heartache and making that bad situation even worse. Um, it's very easy to get things back on track when, when things happen. You just have to be able to think it through, make logical decisions, and take a deep breath, and just remember, you've got a lot of trips still ahead of you. So, you know, you, you can overcome these little challenges that come in our, our way. Certainly. And let your travel agent know what your plan is, right? I'm certain that that goes a long way. Um, for us, when we were backpacking, we would find a hostel. So we had somewhere to stay for the night. It was like $30 uh, a bed, but we would just rent out the whole room for ourselves. So we just had somewhere private and nice to be, um, somewhere to shower, somewhere to put our bags down. Wi-Fi was great. Um, for backpackers, uh, if you have the extra time, you can volunteer at some of these hostels and get free accommodations uh, by cleaning up or helping cook meals, whatever it is, being a guide to the city. Um, really, really good people generally at hostels. We never had a bad experience while we were there. And a nice community place where you can meet new backpackers who can help you find a place to stay or you know whatever it might be. Um, so finding somewhere to stay for the night and then make a new plan during that night or Stay for a couple nights if you have the time and, you know, kind of approach it slower. Yeah, absolutely. Great. You can actually turn what could be a really bad situation into something that's really positive and it might even just enhance the trip in the long run. And then I think we should circle back, come full circle to back to our travel insurance. Yep. <laughs> so a lot of the travel insurance policies that you get have 24-hour helplines that are there for you. They have a concierge or a, a representative there 24 hours a day to help you with any plans that go awry. So if you get to a place and you don't have a hotel room because of some reason, call that number, speak to those people, let them know the situation. Nine times out of 10, that could be covered under your policy. They'll get you a room or at least get you reimbursed for that room. And it can really save you in the long run. Oh yeah, definitely. We, uh, again, wish I would have known, would have been great, but uh, we did find that Airbnb was very helpful at getting us refunds. They would take a, a little while to process and make sure, you know, they'd investigate the host and talk with them. But um, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about the money. It's just make sure you have your immediate needs met and buy travel insurance. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> if, you, if you don't take anything away from this, take away the fact that you should buy travel insurance. <laughs> No, now, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, don't don't panic. You're, you're gonna be just fine. Uh, you wanted an adventure, right? So it's all part of the adventure. Here you are. <laughs> Stories you'll be able to tell for a very long time. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Um, John, we you know we talked about our major takeaway here. Travel insurance is great. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? No, I think just in, enjoy your trips. I mean, travel is the time that we have to be able to travel is very precious. And, you know, just make the most out of it. A lot of, a little bit of planning ahead of time can make a lot of benefit in during the trip. It can make things go so much easier. Just by taking a few of these tips and, and putting them into your trip can make the difference of night and day. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I stand by that. <laughs> Everything John just said, write in the notebook and put it on, put it on a post-it, stick it to your forehead. I don't know. Just put it somewhere important. <laughs> Um, great. Uh, yeah, make the decision beforehand to have a good time. And I think that that will definitely improve at least your mental health while you're traveling. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for being here today on our adventure. Um, we're, we'd love to, 
We'd love to hear some feedback from you, of course. Uh, this is new for us. We're really excited to be here and giving out uh, travel advice, tips, tricks, everything. Um, if you have questions or something you'd like to learn about, please let us know on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear just input, uh, new trips you have coming up, or questions you might have for John or for me. And uh, we look forward to reading those comments and answering those questions. And until next time, uh, let's book it. Let's go book it. Let's book it. <laughs> yeah. We missed the bus going from the UK to Amsterdam. We're going to meet my brother there. And uh, we were bus departing from Brussels. Okay, that's not our bus. Found out that Brussels was the first stop. The whole point of this podcast is helping you guys learn from my mistakes and John's, ex John's expertise. <laughs> hey, we learn as we go.